It's the 120 Podcast, Mikey Finale and Ben Hootie coming at you for another episode. We were hoping by now, before we even took our winter break, we said maybe we'll have a Cody Bellinger signing by the time we are recording in, in January and February. This is the last episode of January, or so we think, and uh, I don't know. They got a couple days to prove us wrong, but it seems like we're going to get into February. I want to give a shout out to my uh, one of my favorite Cubs follow- followers on Twitter. His name's Jacob Zanola. Every day he tweets, it's a great day to sign Cody Bellinger. I've been following along with it. As yeah. soon as uh as soon as soon as Cody Bellinger officially is a Chicago Cub once again, I'm I'm tweeting at him right away saying it was a great day to sign Cody Bellinger. He's a good follower. He's got good following. Yeah. I, I follow him as well. He said he said some good stuff. We'll have to have him on at some point as the uh the Bellinger telethon continues. Maybe we'll have him on to talk about what this manifestation is. But first, we would be remiss to not start the episode without talking about a Cubs legend and the battle that he's going through. Some things are bigger than baseball. And one of the things that makes the Cubs so awesome and makes me and Ben such big fans is they never forget about their history. It's hard to forget a baseball Hall of Famer and Ryan Sandberg. The National Baseball Hall of Fame and the Chicago Cubs, along with Sandberg and his family, announced last week that the week before during the Cubs con, shows why he was not there, he was diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer, uh, and he's begun treatment and surrounded by his family and an incredible team. So he says, and in the picture for YouTube, if you're watching, you can see on my phone, in the picture, he's wearing an obvious shirt as he's getting his treatment uh, as he starts. We wish nothing but the best for Rhino. He's awesome. Number 23, the best there ever is. And uh, and we, we wish nothing but the best because he's been so close around this team still to this day. Uh, since retiring and, yeah. and especially since the World Series, he's had a ton of games every year. He supports obvious shirts, as I just showed there. And I saw they already came out with some promotional stuff about him. And it's it's just hard to see a hero like that go through that, especially. I mean, we're young. We don't even remember seeing him play like he's my dad's all time favorite player. Like a lot of people, the generation before us, that's their Anthony Rizzo and uh, to an even larger extent, a career cub. And so for that, I uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, definitely uh, uh, go look at that Obvious Shirts merch. I just looked it up. Uh, he just dropped it today. Some really good stuff. All Rhino Strong. Um, all the proceeds go to Cubs Charities and Cancer Research. So um, Such I, a I helped. Uh, yeah, I helped. Uh, I got I, I got two Liam Hendricks shirts when he uh, was fighting his battle with cancer. So I definitely probably yeah. going to have to pick up some rhino stuff because i you couldn't have put it any better mikey he's a he's an all-time cubs legend and to this day even now he still has such a pivotal role in the organization and yeah um i know he's gonna kick cancer's ass and uh wishing him wishing him and his family the best absolutely i i really want to get that shirt too one of those shirts we might have to both get him and wear him for an episode or something that'd be kind of fun uh it's fun it's something that sad can be and I wish nothing but the best for Rhino. We want to have fun and support him, obviously, as I'm sure he wants everyone to do. Hope to see him out at Wrigley this summer. Hopefully things are going okay for him because if after that diagnosis, if he can uh, will the strength to, to get into remission, come on out to Wrigley and toss the first pitch, uh, the place would lose its mind. So I, I'm looking forward to that. And we move on to the bones of the episode here. We wanted to start with the Rhino part, but first we'll talk about Hector Neris. The newest Cubs signing. The Cubs continuing to piece together a solid squad. The biggest domino is yet to fall. We'll talk more later about whether that's Cody Bellinger, another former Dodger teammate, or both. But for now, Hector Neris, with a former sub-2 ERA, a solid setup guy for this Cubs team. 
Uh, I don't know where the closer direction is going to be. Are we going to get the people's fist back or maybe even make another deal and set up an even stronger bullpen? But Ben, take it away with this nearest deal and why it's so important for this Cubs team. Great signing. I was so happy to see this. He was the best reliever available left on the market after uh, we saw a couple dominoes fall um, when we took our since the last time we recorded with a uh, hater going to Houston. Mm-hmm. I saw Chapman went to Pittsburgh, which is just going to be weird to see him in a Pirates jersey. I don't know why. But um, yeah, Hector Neris was the best guy left on the market and Jed was able to get him on a, a pretty reasonable one year deal at only nine million. So keeps the Cubs well under that uh, luxury tax uh, threshold that, you know, they could still spend money at. And yeah, when you're looking at the back end of the bullpen, it just got a lot, excuse me, it just got a lot stronger with Hector Neris. He was really, he was phenomenal for the Astros this year. Uh, 1.71 ERA uh, worth about two and a half wins. So um, just a, a a guy that's kind of found some consistency with Mm -hmm. the, you know, he used he used to be uh, up and down a little bit back in the day with Philadelphia. But ever since he arrived to Houston, he turned into a really formidable piece at the back end of that bullpen. And um, don't think he'll be our closer. I still think that is Alzelay's right now. But, you know, you know how mm-hmm. Major League season could go. Sometimes things don't work out like they used to. But Neris is it, it, it makes a really, really good uh, one, two, three on the back end of your bullpen with um Alzelay, Neris, and now Merriweather. And now you got a bunch of guys that can mix and match. You're not forcing Mark Leiter Jr. to have that seventh and eighth inning role that worked well for the time being, but now you could truly go back to what Mark Leiter was good at, and that was putting him with the, the specific matchups in a, in a certain lineup. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, just bringing in Neris is a – it's a big signing, and I was actually super happy to see them get it done. New manager who's not afraid to use all of his tools, not going to run Mark Leiter into the ground in that situation, obviously. No offense to David Ross, but I trust Craig Council a lot more when it comes to those decisions. I think that was a huge part of why we're excited about Craig Council. The ability to use that entire bullpen and not be afraid to use your setup guy properly. I really like this nearest signing. As you said, Ben, I wonder if Council is going to stick to Alzali. I believe he had ambition to sign his former closer in Milwaukee and Josh Hader. I think the Cubs missed out on him. I don't know if they did officially go for him. I don't think they would have given an arm and a leg. Yeah. But I, I don't think we're done is the other thing. I I think we can afford bringing in more. We didn't talk. We haven't recorded since Reese Hoskins, which was a huge target for both of us throughout this offseason so far. Signs with our good friends in Milwaukee on a very affordable two-year $34 million deal, if I have it correct. It just seems like something the Cubs could have easily done. Does this encourage you or make you feel a little bit worse about the direction of the Cubs as it pertains to signing our friend Cody Bellinger? Before we get into the Hoskins thing, because that is a, a interesting conversation we could have, I think on the bullpen end, they're done because um, I think Naris is, is great on the, on the end of your bullpen. And you already have a lot of depth there, especially with the, a lot of the swing starters potentially starting the year in uh-huh. the bullpen when you have a, a five-man rotation. So, like, obviously, Assad, Assad and Smiley will probably both start the year in the bullpen and be Wisniewski. thrown into this Wisniewski as well, be thrown into the starting pitching mix when need be. 
And also they've been, they've been working on uh, some minor league deals too, which we know Jed loves to do. We didn't talk mm, about it, but uh, a, World on that yet. a world series champion with has returned and Carl Edwards jr. Who's actually been pretty good the last couple of years. I'm shocked. He wasn't able to find himself a major league deal somewhere, but he's back in Chicago. And I would assume that he's probably going to see some time in the yeah. major leagues here, there. Um, so that that's kind of like, as much as uh, the last couple of years have been up and down, one thing I trust is Jed being able to find relievers out of nowhere. I mean, we've seen it with David Robertson and Michael Givens and uh, Chris Martin and just random relievers that he was able to get on these minor league deals and kind of turn them back into something. So I think the bullpen's pretty pretty set up for now. But now it's going to that, that Reese Hoskins thing. It was definitely tough to see because – I think me and you were just, we thought it was a lock that he was coming to Chicago. I, I don't know I if did. it was a, I don't know if it was a Boris thing or, uh, or what, but it seems like they really wanted that power bat out of the DH spot slash first base. And that's kind of where we get into this new rumor that sprouted up today with uh, Justin Turner. You, you kind of teased it earlier yeah. with a uh, former Dodger. So if that's the kind of bat that they're looking for, maybe they just didn't like, uh, what the the package that could potentially come with Reese Hoskins because we know about the former success, but he's coming off an ACL injury. So, um, I don't know. It's uh, we went into this off season and we knew Jed wanted to find left-handed bats. There's obviously a a big one still out there that needs to anchor this Cubs lineup, but he might have probably got the left-handed bat he the second left-handed bat he wanted in Michael Bush. So now it seems like they're kind of sh- sh- shifting into this veteran power slugging yeah. guy. And we thought that would have been Reese Hoskins, but yeah, looks, looks like that next target could be Justin Turner, who uh, JP Morosi said today is uh, his sweepstakes. I guess you could call it is coming to an end at some point this week. There was a thing when Shohei Otani was a free agent eons ago at the very beginning of this offseason when there was still this false hope that Shohei Otani was going to play for anyone but the Dodgers. There was this thing that, like, the other teams that were in on it, we never were. Like the Cubs or the Giants or the Blue Jays, even even though we believe we were in on it. um, There was this thought process that I kept seeing that was like, I don't even really care. I know he's going to go to the Dodgers. I don't really care. Just sign somewhere, Shohei. So the rest of us teams can start to craft how we want this offseason to look. Because then you don't want to go after Shohei too hard because then you're going to let be left empty-handed when you didn't commit to anyone else. And they're just like, screw you. You didn't care about me before. You didn't get your guy. I <clears throat> I know the Cubs are talking to Bellinger. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend they aren't. They have to be talking to Bellinger. They're obviously in a staring contest. But it just really, 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 really makes me want to just deal with it. I I, of course, hope it's the Cubs. If it's the Cubs, I'll be ecstatic. But I also just kind of want to see, especially after Hoskins signing, I was shocked Bellinger didn't sign like the next day. I just want to see him put his name down on paper so the Cubs could either go with plan A, which is signing him, or plan B, figuring out how they're going to pick up the pieces in that spot. Because, yeah, yeah, there is the option of Turner as a veteran DH slash corner man. I've been talking about Joey Votto the entire offseason who's yet to sign to a team. We, we thought we had Reese Hoskins potentially in the bag, and he went for a, I'm going to not sugarcoat it, went for a solid contract with a team that's not going anywhere, who just lost their best coach in potentially franchise history. 
Yeah. That scares me about the Boris contract thing, by the way, that that potentially could happen to Cody Bellinger. And so my whole runaround point basically means I'm ready for the domino to fall. So the rest of this offseason could be viewed as either a win or a loss, and they could pick it up and put together a team that, as you said, improved their war by two and a half games just by signing a veteran setup, man. Those two and a half games would have gotten into the playoffs last year. Let's keep building yeah. this roster, starting with officially deciding yay or nay on Cody Bellinger. Well, that's what happens when you're dealing with Scott Boris, and we already know the Cubs don't like to deal with Yeah, effing staring contest. I put out a tweet earlier when the Justin Turner rumor came out. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm really intrigued with this idea of, I think a lot of Cubs fans are just kind of locked set on, um, they're locked set on, once they once once we sign Bellinger, the offseason's over. Now I'm a greedy Cubs fan. I want yeah, Co- Cody true. Bellinger to pair along with one of these veteran bats yeah. that you could potentially throw in. So now that I, now that let's say they miss out on Justin Turner because it seems like they're in on him. Let's say they miss out on Justin Turner, and you brought up Joey Votto. That's that's a good name to mention. Does that all? Justin Turner is a guy that while he does have a position, he he's 39 years old and he's kind of a DH at this point. So now if you miss out on Turner, do you start to look at a Brandon Belt, let's say, or even further than that, a guy that can't play a position anymore? I don't know if they would look at him, but, you know, Justin Turner doesn't really play positions anymore either. But they look at J.D. Martinez, who is not going back to the Dodgers because their DH spot is locked up for the next 10 years. <laughs> so I really really am a fan of this idea and i 100 agree with you i just want this bellinger domino to fall so we can know where we're going where we can know where we're headed for the rest of the offseason and even going into 2024 beyond so that's why i am intrigued this of this potential idea of bringing cody bellinger and matching him up with one of these other veteran bats because then you have a lineup that actually looks really good when you look at the rest of the lineups yeah. in the yeah. NL Central. We talk about it- Bellinger, right? I mean, Bellinger's going to be this end-all, be-all, like you said. So many people feel like this Cubs roster is not complete till they re-sign Bellinger. And it may scare you, dear listener, to hear us throw out all these names of these one-time World Series champ, potentially two-time All-Star players that are supposed to be the saviors if we don't sign Bellinger. And you're like, oh, no, it's Mancini all over again or Eric Cosmer. No, it's, I think these guys have a bigger upside, especially Justin yeah. Turner, the Martinez thing. is Yeah. It's kind of a long shot, but the, especially, um, I almost said Hosmer again, Justin Turner. I feel like Justin Turner has a, a big upside. You talked about it when we were privately talking about, it. I'll let you allude to the point a little bit more, but he bridges a gap for this Cubs team in a team that has third base options that are about our age. Right. And that's the biggest part of it all is, if Justin Turner were to play third base, which he didn't play much third base for the Red Sox last year, so that's a little scary. But if you are bringing him in, you're bridging that gap for Matt Shaw, who we are projecting potentially to be up this year. That obviously depends on the status of uh, Christopher Morrell's availability at third base or what they decide to do with Nick Madrigal because he's come up in trade rumors recently. So, yeah, I... I mean, the Cubs didn't draft this guy and spoke so highly of him and, you know, kind of fast-tracked his development last year because he was really good in the minor leagues for him almost not to make an impact this year. And I think if you were to tag along a Justin Turner or 
another veteran third baseman or first baseman or whatever. That's that's just kind of what we're looking at at this point. It's like, yes, we want Bellinger, but you also have to look at these first DH and third base options because while there's not necessarily a hole there for the Cubs, it's if you could bring in one more bat to fill in those spots here and there, that's that's important to the to success of this team. So, yeah, I, I, I hope they bring in Justin Turner because as I – obviously said and a lot of people on Cubs Twitter said today it would be I think it would be huge for the development of Matt Shaw who should be up this year quietly in a year in which he kind of openly wanted to leave and now I kind of see why Justin Turner had the most hits he's ever had in a single year of his career last season at 154 I know I'm as shocked as you are 153 in 2016 was the second highest he had 154 last season including 96 RBIs and he still had 24 homers. Mm-hmm. And that was playing at Fenway Park, which I think those numbers would maybe go up at Wrigley. I don't I don't know. It's, uh, we'll see. It's we're we're just like it stinks because we're at the part point in the offseason. And I think it's because we've been greeted with so many like the last two years, the MLB offseasons have moved so fast where everyone kind of signs in like a month span especially the last two years, we knew where everyone was already at in December. We're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. And while they might not be Cubs targets, the two biggest pitchers on the market still haven't signed with the team yet. So it's just the entire, the entire free free agency. We thought it was going to break loose once Otani signed, but the big, the biggest guys out there still are Boris guys. And we're just kind of waiting for the first once. I think once one of the dominoes fall, even though they don't relate to the same position with Montgomery Snell, Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger. Once, once one of them falls, I think the rest will because they're all Boris clients. One more thing on Turner. I was listening to your point, but I was also still examining his back of his baseball card here on my phone. All-star season in 2017, got MVP votes, still had 71 RBIs to his 96 last season in 2023. On a on a Dodgers team that deemed Sports Illustrated rip to call them the what was the title? Now I now I I don't have it off the top of my head. It was like best team ever, best team ever. I think they said it was that picture was sick. It was him when he hit the walk off home run. Yeah, yeah, best team ever. Yeah, I remember that. No, yeah, he. I mean, he's as consistent as they've come, and it's funny because he didn't really hit his peak until he was like thirty years old. Nope. Uh, Um, he was a failed prospect with the. Orioles I think or Mets I know he spent time with both those clubs and then he went to LA and LA gave him what was initially he was the first one but they did the same thing with Max Muncy they revitalized his career and he's made a good good living off it in his 30s and we're getting to the end of Justin Turner and uh, I think it'd be pretty cool to see him on the north side and Cubs pinstripes all right after this call I'll probably Venmo request Justin Turner for the 20 bucks he promises to hype him up the entire episode Kidding. No, we, we we have we have no horse in this race. I'm just genuinely saying, surprised as you all are, that Justin Turner played really good baseball last season. Yeah. He, all I'm trying to say in a very runaround fashion, as Ben and I talked about before we started recording, signing Justin Turner would not be the desperate, oh man, the Cubs signed Eric Hosmer thing that we're used to. No, it's not it's not a, a Daniel Murphy thing. Like, I mean, even though those are half a year thing, it's not anything like that. This would actually be a solid one-year potentially deal for a team that's looking for a veteran 
either at third base or potentially DH, depending on what happens as it pertains to uh, the 2019 MVP, Cody Bellinger. And one more thing before we get off Turner is they're definitely, they're interested in him because it feels like they've been interested in him for six straight mm-hmm. off seasons because yeah. he would sign one year deals with the Dodgers and everyone knew he was always going to go back to the Dodgers, but the Cubs would always be linked with him for some reason. And then last year they were heavily linked with him, if I remember correctly, but they ended mm, up they going were. with Mancini instead. And that worked out. Probably would have rather had Justin Turner instead oh, of Trey Mancini, but with 96 RBIs, we would have been playing in October or November. Probably. Probably. Yeah. No, that's it. That, I don't know if that would have gone that far, but, I mean, he had a solid war. We probably could have, if the if the if the stats are true, which they aren't always are. Like you can't, you can only take money ball so far. But yeah. if the stats literally show it on paper, yes, they would have had a couple extra wins because of Justin Turner, and they potentially would have made the playoffs. Right, and but uh, it's not a perfect game. Right. Let's talk Take prospects. We, yeah, I was gonna say from Matt Shaw to uh, top one hundred prospects. We'll end it at this. The Cubs seven guys. In the top 100 prospects, are you surprised by this number? Should be higher? Should be lower? What's the what's heard, the read? I've heard some people say it should be higher. Mm-hmm. Me you too. Know, there's a couple guys that got left off, like Ben Brown got kicked out of the top 100, and um, someone else too. Casey was on there, right? I got to pull up the I'm list. Looking at, I'm, yeah, I was gonna say I'm looking up the full list right now, so we don't miss anyone. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show what Jed's been able to build the last couple of years. Um. It was PCA, Horton, Casey, Michael Bush, Matt Shaw, Kevin Alcantara, and Triantos. Yeah. Yeah, no it's surprises it, there, for sure. That And that's what makes this this whole thing so exciting, because you guys got to realize, yes, we want to contend this year, but there is so much in that farm system to the point of where they can make trades with for these guys, because not every prospect finds a home. And... It's just, it's just really, mm-hmm. it just goes to show that how far this organization's come. Like mm-hmm. looking back, I, I would never thought we'd be in this p- position with a top 100 farm system after everything went down with Rizzo and Brian and Baez because the farm was so bad after, mm-hmm. right before they left and they were able to build it up. But these are also guys that they've been able to develop on their own, like James Triantos. That's a guy they drafted. Owen Casey was a guy, a flyer that they took in the U Darvish trade that's just turned into one of the best left-handed bats in minor league baseball. And then you draft Matt Shaw, you draft Cade Horton. Cade Horton might be the best one of them all because you know how much shit they got when they drafted him? Because mm-hmm. you're taking a at the eighth overall pick, you're you're taking an underslot guy that um had it eight. I obviously he ended up went on a crazy run in the college world series, but he had like an eight something ERA in his senior year of college. And everyone's like, what are we doing? But they've, they managed to bring him into their pitch labs, figure out his pitches. And he's one of the nastiest pitchers in uh, minor league baseball. So um, just exciting stuff. It's uh, it's really cool that they've been able to, to build this farm system up. And we, I know we want all the free agents to fall, but um they they have options in the minor leagues and they're going to be, they're going to start filling in here soon when, when they really need to. And um, that's exciting. As it stands right now on January 29th, the Cubs have a great starting five, or at least a, a good starting five as it pertains to starting pitchers. As we talked about, they have depth even at the major league level. And then, as you said, Ben leading with Kate Horton, 
a, a number of guys down below on the farm that could quite possibly take one of their spots in about an instant if somebody screws up. And we saw it happen last year with Jordan Wicks. I mean, Jordan Wicks yeah. gets a chance in September because there were some injuries with Stroman and others, and he ends up being so good that he's a shoe in for the rotation this year. Yeah. That's another guy that I think should he hasn't graduated yet, so he should probably be on the top 100 as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I and that's another guy that they developed, and um, yeah, that's the best part of it too. Because think about the Cubs; they've never been able to in uh, in all of Theo's years, as great as they were, he was never able to develop a true ace. And why I don't think Jordan Wicks is going to be a true ace? He's probably going to be a solid three, four starter the rest of his career. They probably have an ace in Cade Horton coming soon. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just really cool to see that they've been able to build up this farm system, and um, you know, you try and keep along with all of them and check in on how they're doing. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's hard when you uh, when you're at the top when you have the most top one hundred prospects in baseball and you got. 15 other ones that debatably could also be right around that same threshold of top 100. So look at us. Who would have thought Ben I know. last week to end the episode, you're 21. We talked about this on the red zone podcast at Illinois state. We talked, we went out together last week and now I'll talk about it on 120. You, are you excited for your first $14 Wrigley field beer? Yeah, it's, it, it's my first. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to um go together and see my first I, I don't i don't really care that I put it out it's my first legal 14 dollars <laughs> field there no yeah I'm, I'm so excited um i can't wait to be in the bleachers this summer mm-hmm. it's just gonna we just gotta get there man it's this yeah. off season's oh, taking so, so long i know it's taking so long i'm so done with football i was gonna say we gotta we gotta talk to jonah and get there and see if we can get that free neutral and a hot dog from him remember we talked about that yeah yeah we you gotta told do him that you, for sure you told him you'd be 21 by then so you were a man of your word you turned 21 i know uh, congrats so yeah we gotta get out there i'm so done with football man we got two weeks now before the big game and i just uh, I'm just done. I just want to move on to baseball. My birthday is the day after the big game this year. My, the game is on the 11th, and I am my birthday is on the 12th, and so it's the essentially the start of baseball season. Couldn't be more fitting. I'm super stoked. I wore for YouTubers. I wore my Cubs cues up today and my Cubs sweatpants. Let's go. And not even on purpose. It's just because it's just so ingrained in my head that football season is essentially over. It's time for baseball. And yeah, I'm just ready. Before we get into it, probably have one more episode before the big game. But you got any? Uh, you got any wagers on it? Um, not as of right now. I've been I've been leaning against the whole sports betting thing for 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 a little while. Um, but I did see the whole promo thing with like Will Gronk make or miss the kick or whatever. Um, for like the live commercial, and there's like like a lot of bonus bets just by even guessing if he makes it yes or no. Cause it's not odds based. It's just will Rob Gonkrowski live on air during a Super Bowl commercial, make a field goal. Cause they did it last year and it was pre-recorded. And if you get yes or no, you get your share of X amount of bonus bets. Oh yeah. I think that's a fun little promo. So I'll probably have to do that. And then closer to the game, I'm sure I'll start to think about some of the other things. My whole thing is I want the Niners to win that, but I just learned quickly throughout this playoffs that Pat Mahomes has reached that, Tom Brady level where like he's never truly the underdog in the playoffs and the lines came out this morning and I don't know if you saw but it's uh Niners it's, minus one and a half so the 
it's, of it opened up last night at three and it's just yeah. everyone's putting money on the chiefs i my first legal sports bet was um because when you sign up for all these right different sports books you get free bets or whatever so i all i need and we talked about this on the red zone which is our illinois state podcast and I told you guys, I was like, all I needed to see was them handle the Dolphins well to really once again yeah. believe in them. So my first legal sports bet was they had the third best, or excuse me, they they had the third odds to win the Super Bowl. It was plus 360. So I had a free $50 bet. I was like, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So yeah, so, ride that out. Yeah. I'm riding that out. I, I don't have to place any spread bets or anything. I'm just riding out the Chiefs. Would have sucked if they lost, but um as never well. count out never count out Patrick Mahomes and uh Taylor Swift. Your girl was on the field last night too. I know, I know. Ever everyone's I... that was a big debate this morning. I saw. I, I know we've <laughs> that was a big debate. It's like, are we getting too much for her? And everyone's like, just just cut it out already. It's they're dating. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't even think the broadcast shows her that much, honestly. It could it be depends way worse. sometimes. It I think people I think people, myself included, sometimes are looking for it more because they know it's coming. So they're more hypersensitive to it. Yeah. Which, like that's why people notice it more, but it's not that much. Um, no. And I think bottom line that all these, you know, bigger media companies know is, and they're smart for knowing this, no press is bad press, right? Like even exactly. if people are complaining about it, they're getting clicks. And yeah. that's, and that's the bottom line. You got to follow the money. And just like that, we're going to have to put Taylor Swift in our thumbnail for this episode. No. Well, <laughs> that's what gets clicks. Well, we what do we always say? The, our best episode for clicks for you. Actually, before we had Matt on, Matt, yeah. Matt's episode did numbers. We still appreciate Matt for coming on and bringing his uh, lockdown fan base into our realm. So if this is your first episode you listened to just Ben and I since then, by the way. Thank you for listening. But uh, the first episode, one of our first YouTube episodes that did so well 